Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Design, Create, Inspire. Thank you for being with me today. Today, I have a really awesome interview to share with you. I have on with me Michaela Bowling from Brilliant Marketing, who I have wanted to have on the show forever. She is a good friend and a very creative, inspiring business owner and marketing guru, essentially. And I wanted to have her on today to talk to you a little bit about business. So we're not just talking about marketing. We're also talking about kind of pivoting, leaving the normal nine to five job and starting off on your own thing, which she has an inspiring story to tell you about. We talk about growing teams and, you know, pain points in starting a business. And then we also talk marketing. We talk about kind of where the industry is going right now. We talk about some tips on if you're just getting started, what you can work on to create a really awesome brand image. So all of this, I I think we ended up talking for almost an hour. It's so many good nuggets, honestly, like it's, I think you will find so much value in it. I also want to share with you that Michaela has joined forces with me to create a really amazing free resource for you all about marketing. So if you are looking to start marketing your firm, or maybe you're just thinking about starting a business and don't really know where you want to take it in terms of concept and design and all that good stuff. You want this free download. There is a link in the bio. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the link right below. If you are listening to this on a podcast, you can also find the link right in the show notes, which I know not everybody knows where the show notes is. If you go to the episode uh, and you click on it for like more information where the description is, there it'll be down there. So go check it out. No gimmicks. Just give us your email address. We will give you this awesome resource. And I know you will find a lot of value in it. So I don't want to talk your ear off because 
there, I want you to enjoy this episode. And if you found value in it, please let us know, let Michaela know. You can tell us here in the comments, you can reach out to us on Instagram and yeah, enjoy. Hey everyone, today I am very excited because I have Michaela Bowling from Brilliant Marketing on with me. And I have been wanting to have Michaela on for literally ever, and it's taken me too long to have her here. But she is going to tell you a little bit about her, and I told you a little bit about her in the intro, but she is our marketing guru. So I wanted to have her on today to talk a little bit about marketing, obviously, but also about business and scaling and everything that is under the sun. So hello, Michaela. Welcome. Hello. So nice to be here. Yes. Thanks for finally coming on here. Of course. I'm excited. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about your story? Like even you can go as deep as you want. Um, But yeah. Yes, when I was a little baby. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up seven in pounds. Yes, seven pounds. Uh, I grew up in Alaska. So, uh, yeah, 18, 19 years there I spent um, growing up there, hiking, camping, all that fun stuff. Uh, it's a great place to grow up, but I was pretty much ready for uh, sunny weather and to get rid of the cold and the darkness. And so, I had gone on vacation once to Hawaii and I was blown away. It's like, there's a place that is warm all year round. I want to live here. So uh, I, when I was 19, I moved over there, went to school at UH and yeah, it was just like such a transformative experience, kind of, you know, getting away and going, going somewhere else. And I really didn't know what I wanted to study. And I thought maybe I just study something that I'm interested in. So I did uh, environmental studies because I was really interested in kind of like all of the inner workings between people and their environment and, you know, kind of climate change and how to communicate some different like, environmental messages. And so it was a really fun time that uh, I had there. And then I really got into the nonprofit world after I graduated. So uh, did a job doing native forest restoration. I was outdoors hiking around, but also helping bring in volunteers and kind of communicating about the native wine forest. And then um, we moved to San Diego where I met the lovely Bryn. So nice. <laughs> and, and worked at a nonprofit that was called the Center for Sustainable Energy and really was in their marketing department. And so that's when I started really gaining more of those kind of marketing skills there and kind of moved up the ranks. And then like so many entrepreneurs, I feel like you come to a point where you're like, what, what am I doing? And why am I doing it? And just kind of having this existential crisis. And I was really burnt out. And so I decided I was like, I'm just going to follow my gut and quit my job. And I don't really know what is next. So, so scary. So scary. <laughs> Thankfully I had supportive people around me. They were like, yes, you should definitely do that. And so I took some time off. I actually went and traveled around with my sister for a little bit. And we did some, you know, road trips and everything like that. And she was off of work as well. At the same time, she had quit her job. 
And so after our travels together, kind of went back home to San Diego, I was like, I think I want to do some contracting work around marketing and was talking to her. And she's like, I, I want to do that too. You know, she was in the marketing world, uh, working at an agency for a long time and had gotten burnt out and was kind of taking a break. And so we kind of decided, well, should we work together? It's so much fun, more fun to work with someone else than to work by yourself. And so like, should we try to go after some work together and then can see how it works out as working together as sisters and family. And uh, that was in 2018. And then in 2019, we kind of decided, yep, let's start a company together and let's start really marketing and really make it official and make it, make a brand, do it. It's amazing. Isn't it so funny how the burnout leads to the breakthroughs? It's like, like the hardest part of your life and your, but then all of a sudden there's like light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I know. I just like have this image of me in my bedroom and I'm just kind of like having a mini breakdown and my husband's like, are you okay? <laughs> like what's going on with you? I'm just exhausted and tired and like, why am I doing this? And uh, it's, it is so true though. You're, you're at such a low, low, and then you kind of decide to make a decision. Like when I made that decision to, to quit and move on, like after it was done, it's crazy how much better I felt. It's like, Mm -hmm. that was the right decision. Which is amazing because it's not like you quit and had something lined up, but you felt good about it, even though you had no idea where it was going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's yeah. following your gut. And especially like you say, like as an entrepreneur and having supportive people around you who aren't like, okay, well, when are you getting a job? You know, exactly. Like giving you that time and space to be, to be able to actually decide what you want to do, because I think we're like, go, go, go. And then you, you don't really have that time and space to really be able to like, go back to your North star or your compass and really figure out what you want to do. So you quit in 2019 2018. and then you guys really kind of started kicking this off in 2019. Yeah, we started, we started having some talks in like late 2018 and kind of like uh, talking about what we want to do and how we want to partner together. And then we like officially launched our website in January of 2019. Nice. So how did you go about getting clients in the beginning then? Uh, completely and utterly word of mouth. I mean, I think that's, and as we're talking, you know, I know people listening, like marketing is wonderful and great, but when you're first starting out, it's like utilizing your network is the most important part and how you're utilizing that network. And so uh, pretty much, you know, we launched a website because we wanted to look professional and have a place for people to go. But we really like made a list of everyone that each of Emily and I knew and then put some, you know, emails together and some marketing materials together and just kind of like put it out to everyone. Like, this is what I'm doing now, you know, and then starting to reach out to people to have little coffee dates. And even if that coffee date doesn't lead to any work immediately, it's like then they're telling their friends or their colleagues about you. And so that's really how we we started out and is still a main part of how we get clients is all through word of mouth. That's amazing. Cause I think that that is some of the strongest referrals you can get is, you know, obviously if your friend tells you 
that, oh, you need to use these people, you're going to take that a lot stronger than like if you were just to maybe see an ad on Facebook or something like that. So Absolutely. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, you know, I, I guess this is, and you don't have to answer, I guess, but if you just started off word of mouth, was it like really slow? Like, did it take a while to get some traction or what did that like growth look like? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's the scary part when you starting a business, you're like, am I ever going to be busy? Am I ever going to have, you know, all the clients that I want? Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it definitely was slow. You know, it was smaller projects that we started out with, you know, that were small amounts and small amount of work. And then we got a one of the big contracts that we got was actually with a nonprofit and we partnered, partnered with another, one of our friends who's a web developer Mm. and uh, this nonprofit was looking for a new website and we kind of met up with him and we're like looking at this RFP together and saying, you know, it looks like they want a new website, but they also need this kind of like new brand story and kind of rebranding, not necessarily the visual part, but the messaging part. And so we pitched that into kind of a joint proposal together and we got it and it worked out. And so that was kind of our first really big project that we were able to work on. And it was taught us a lot too, of just when people come to you and say that they need X, and you kind of pushing back and saying, yes, you need X, but actually you need Y as well. Mm-hmm. And they really appreciate that because you're the expert coming to them and kind of um, telling them what you see. Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. that's so true. Cause a lot of times people don't know what they don't know, especially if it's outside their wheelhouse, like a nonprofit who has no idea or doesn't even want to bother with their marketing, but they want to help as many people. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and that's a good point too, of like collaboration over competition, like instead of just trying to compete with people, like how can you collaborate with people like, you know, a web developer or someone to then gain even, you know, different clients or bigger clients. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I, that's like one of my biggest kind of things from 
business that you don't necessarily maybe learn in like business school is that collaboration aspect because even we have a ton of friends now that own marketing agencies which would you would say oh there are direct competitors but actually they target a different part of the market or their specialty is a little bit different and so we actually refer work back and forth to each other and it's like a huge asset for us and so just that kind of little shift in mindset it has been huge. Totally. I remember when I was first doing videos and I was teaching stuff about like what my company does or like even things like inside look at my contracts or my business proposal or stuff like that. I remember having people be like, well, why are you giving away free information to your competitors who are going to take that? And I'm like, you know, I it's just, it's like a lack mindset. Like I just didn't have that mindset to me because then you come across as, you know, even more of an ex expert, but then also everyone, you know, relates to other people differently. So like two people can be teaching or offering the exact same product or like two marketing agencies could be offering the exact same service, but you just don't vibe with people the right, you know, the same way. So there's just like so much out there that that has definitely, I think, helped bring me to the next level too, is just knowing that like you can collaborate with all the other architects out there and have that grow. Because also when other architects get really busy, they've, I've been referred sometimes by them like, oh, I'm not available, but here's so-and-so. So, you know, I think that is, definitely the way to go. Yeah. How about you when you were first starting out? Did you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so slow. I'm never going to get all the people that I want. I think literally at least twice a year, I thought, okay, should I put in my resume somewhere? Like I'm like, I, and I, I would run the numbers and I'd be like, I probably could make more money if I go work for someone. And there's firms that I probably would really enjoy working for. But at the end of the day, I would always come back to, first of all, like the amount of hours and like the time that I would have to work for those people to be making, you know, a little bit more. It just wasn't worth it when I I had a, you know, young kids or at the time, just one young kid. And so like I had so much flexibility and I could work in middle of the night if I wanted to, I could create my own schedules and deadlines. So that was so much more meaningful to me than the money. But there was also, you know, inside, I knew that in the end I wanted to build my own thing. And so the amount of time that I wasn't working on that, I was working on someone else's dream. And so I was always I'd always come back to that, but I'd tell my husband every year, I think I'm still telling him, don't worry. Like it's going to, we're going to blow up. We're we're getting there. We're a little slow and steady, slow and steady. And so, you know, and he's been really supportive too. So he at no point has been like, just go get a real job or whatever, you know, a quote unquote real job. So, um, I agree that having the support around you for people who understand like what, what your vision is and everything is so important, but yeah, I mean, it's not easy. And especially financially when you run your own business and I'm sure, you know, this is that that ebbs and flows, especially with like service work contracts and stuff. 
yeah. you may get a ton of contracts one month and then you are sending out contracts or proposals and you're not getting anything. So exactly. that really ebbs and flow too. So there's just, you have to be the certain type of person to be able to withstand the chaos, I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, even like total transparency, like the fall was kind of slow for us, you know, not kind of getting in some new, new work. Like we had our current clients and everything was going good, but you know, I feel like a lot of times I, put my worth or our business success on like, well, what new work are we getting? Mm -hmm. Right. New work is coming in. And there is definitely a point where you're just kind of, yeah, feel low or feel like it it is directly, you know, based on your self-worth too. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Is this right? Um, But that's what's nice about having Emily, my sister, have that kind of like backup and everything like that. And yeah. And then all of a sudden like that, it changes and you're like, we have way too much work. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I can't handle this. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. Exactly. <laughs> like no matter what you're stressed and overwhelmed, but exactly. it's just better you're too busy or not busy enough. Yeah. yeah that's, so that's so true. It's having a, a team member to like a partner to kind of lean on and support, collaborate with. Cause I've never had that in terms of like a business partner um, with, my architecture firm. And so it's been kind of like trial and error, figuring it out on my own. So that must be really amazing. What about other team? Like, have you expanded? What does that look like? Yeah, we, we have two, well, actually now three ladies that work with us, which is amazing. Um, and so one is then they're kind of all over, um, one's in, Illinois, one's in San Diego, one's in um, Seattle as well. So, and I've actually never met them in person, which is so wow. Uh huh. But it's like uh, a virtual so, world these days. It's virtual amazing. world, and and it's so wild because I feel so you know like close to them, and I feel like I know them really well, and it's going to be really fun when uh, actually be able to see them in person. But yeah, we kind of we started with with one person and, uh, they helping kind of be behind the scenes, helping to create content for our clients, helping to, um, do a lot of like the social media and different things like that. And then when Emily, she just had her second uh, little boy. And so she went on maternity leave in December. And that was actually a really, I was completely nervous. You know, how am I going to handle all this work? And so it was good catalyst because we're like, all right, guess we have to bring on someone else. And so then we brought on uh, someone else onto our team and they started handling more of the account management, Mm -hmm. which has been so helpful and was definitely really scary for me to give up because you want it to be done in the right way that you do it. And you feel like you are the business. And so if they're not getting you directly hundred percent of the time, then they're not, you know the the payment that's not what they're paying for right mm-hmm. and so I had to kind of get over that and I think the the level of work that we were at like I had to have someone to help that and so it really pushed me and kind of trusting that it you know to train that person and them to do a good job and it has really worked out in my best interest and now I'm like don't ever leave me <laughs> that's so funny it's like before you hire people you're like how am I ever going to do this and then once you hire them you're like how am I ever going to do this without you yeah exactly 
with, that was something that I was dealing with too, with worrying about having other designers on and thinking like, oh, well, people are hiring my firm because they want me as the architect. And something that I started realizing is that I'm still, my vision is still there because I'm still, you know, interacting, like what they're producing and, and putting out there is still, you know, influenced by my red lines or my vision too. So, and it's actually increased, I think, the designs that have been coming out because now there's more collaboration instead of like just me creating a design and, you know, thinking it looks good. Now it's like, okay, you come up with the design, you come up with a design, I'll come up with a design, and then we can like morph it. And I feel like it's created such better quality work that's still, you know, part of me. Um, But that's a big one that I think a lot of architects have because they don't want to lose that design control. And it's a, 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 I think one that you don't really realize until you actually like can release that. Um, But yeah, I think that that's a really important part of delegating essentially. Yeah. And I've kind of come to think of it now a little bit like what they're paying for now is maybe more about your approach or what you bring to the design or the project. And, and that is, that's like not you, but it's what you created that process or that approach is what you created and have now been like training your other people on. And so that permeates throughout your business. And so I think that's really important because the way that you do things is, can be so much bigger than just one person, right? When you kind of package it and are able to train other people on it and get people behind that kind of value or mission or approach. Totally. And you can work quicker. So like things can, schedules can be even quicker and there's more efficiencies. Like there's so much positives with it. Yeah. So what have you felt has been your biggest like pain points so far in, it doesn't have to necessarily be just with team, but just in business in general. Well, I think one of is what we touched on before of just the ebb and flow of the business and staying confident and trusting in yourself. I mean, it's such a big one. And I think so many people talk about that, but it is so true because it's like complete roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. to go from, you know, being super busy to not busy to, you know, something happening and then X, Y, Z. So I think that part is, has been a struggle, but it's also been a great learning experience for me and just kind of trusting. And when I talk to other people, they, they say, you know, 10 years after doing your business, you know, the ebb and flow of your business, you don't get worried anymore about, you know, when it's a slow time, because you know, it comes back up in X time and uh, blah, 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 all those things. So that that's pretty fun to hear. Um, I guess the other challenge in the biz- business is, you know, for a service-based industry, I think that so much of the creative process is somewhat individualized, right? Of like the way that Michaela does something or the way that Bryn does something. We were just kind of talking about this. And so, and it can take people many different amounts of time to do that. So then trying to scope out projects when creativity is involved is 
really difficult <laughs> because, you know, I may do something uh, a certain way and take a certain amount of time to get a certain product, but someone else, it may be a lot different. And so one of the things that helped us over the past few months is creating templates and actual like per- SOPs and process documents. And you wouldn't think this is possible with a creative process, but kind of putting some structure in there that people can follow, but then still giving them flexibility to be creative in their own way, but at least having those templates and different things available so that you're not having to recreate the wheel every single time. And because that is just completely draining when you have to do that. Like every single project, you're creating a complete custom proposal and then doing something completely different each time. Yeah. Systems in place is so huge. And I'm not perfect at it. I'm still trying to, like, I know I need to take the time to sit down and create some SOPs. And it's like, I know that that will take time. So I don't do it. And I'm like, but I know that it's going to save so much time in the long run. And I've put together like checklists and stuff for, for drawings, but it's not, it's not dialed in quite yet, but that's, yeah. To have templates and stuff. Oh, it's a dream. (laughs) Yeah. it is definitely, and it does take a while, but then once they're in place, you're like, oh my gosh, now I never have to do this again. Well, that's like my design proposal. It used to take me so many hours to put together a proposal for someone. So like I'd go meet with someone, they, it's great, nice to meet you. And then go put together a proposal. It would take so long. And then if I didn't get that job, it was so draining because it's like, I just put so much work in, in this. And so I eventually set it up where I have like this, this, well, I have two systems where I have this like generalized one that now I just send directly to people. So it's all their questions that they can ask, but I literally don't have to change anything. I can just send it right away. It answers all their questions. And then it's like the next step they want to move forward. I put together a specific proposal that the one, the one, the first step one, I usually send before we even meet. Cause it's like, here's all the info. I don't even want to take the time to meet if you're don't align with this because yeah. so much of my time was being missed, just like going meeting with clients that like weren't serious or anything. So that's like step one. And then step two, I have a proposal that is like a template. So I just have to change a few things like, you know, the address, the scope of work, the budget timeline, and then that goes out and it's like a nicely put together package. But now that only takes me like, you know, 20 minutes and then I have a contract. So I actually have kind of like a long system, I guess. I don't know if everyone does a three-part system, but it works really well. Yeah. I think that's really typical to have that kind of three-part system because there's there's some qualification at the beginning of trying to qualify the the person to make sure that you know budget and what their expectations are aligned with you and yeah that part of the process is very important (laughs) yeah well and I that's the thing is too is like I felt like now they're getting all the information they need so it it leads to a better relationship because there's great communication in the beginning but having the template set up is, has saved me so much time. And it's also saved me time of like not going to meetings that aren't beneficial because they're not going to, you know, create a lead in the long run. So 
yeah, systems and, and then, um, creating SOPs, which again, like I haven't done great at, but it's so important because I mean, I deal with this all the time too, is like the time it takes me to do something is totally different, but with, like you're saying the creative world, it's the best thing for the client is if we could literally take all the time in the world to get the best creative outcome for them. But when you're like stuck on like a a fee and stuff, you kind of, you don't do that. I don't know. It's a really hard balance of how do you make that work with working forever (laughs) to work something out, but then also make sure you're within budget and everything. And yeah, and I think it's something that people deal with so much too, of just like, well, like, and you get really passionate about something. So you're like, oh, I want to, I want to make sure that I do a good job. And like, you're really excited about the project. And then all of a sudden you're two times over your, you know, what you're paying for. And you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> this is a passion project, I guess. <laughs> this is a passion project now. <laughs> At least I'm honest with myself about yeah. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's true. Like in the creative service space, like there is, it you have to kind of create that hard line between this is what I love to do in my passion. And this is also a business. And like, how can I make sure that I'm running a good business? Otherwise I'm homeless and designing houses, you know? (laughs) And I think that's a really important distinction and not to say that you can't have like the 70, 30 or, you know, have some kind of combination, but that's what I found with other people in the marketing world, especially of like people who want to stay as a solopreneur and like a contractor and they're a one person show. And I think that has a lot to do with like, they want that more of that creative freedom. They kind of want to be able, if they go over on a project, it's just them. They're not having to think about other people, um, in, you know, on their team or anything like that. And those type, I, that's a great space to be in if you want to do that. If you want to grow and be a bigger company and organization, you kind of, you have to bring in those like business practices or else you're going to be pulling your hair out and you're going to grow. And then you're going to shrink again because you're going to realize that it it's not for you and there's too much going on. And then you're going to be like, I think I just want to be a solopreneur again. Well, yeah. <laughs> like in the design world too, it's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, I want to have an architecture firm. But then it's like, well, no, I don't want to actually run any of the business. I just want to design. I just want to design. And it's like, to be honest, I am so much in the business side of my firm that I still like design in terms of like, I sketch more and stuff. I don't get in and model things as much, but I am spending so much more of my time on the business side that, and that's what I love, you know, that's, it's almost a little bit more of where my heart is. Um, but it's not for everybody. So even like in marketing, like, yeah, it makes sense to stay as a solopreneur or a contractor or even an employee. Like, I don't, I, I know we're in a very like entrepreneur world these days where it's like you aren't great unless you are an entrepreneur or boss babe or whatever but bs (laughs) it is such bs because it's it's not for everybody like there's a lot of people that want to work nine to five get off 
the clock and not have to do anything and just like chill and be at home and, you know, work on their hobbies and do whatever they want. Like when you run a business or you're an entrepreneur, like there is no full shut off time. And it's like not, and I love it and it, it works for me. And, but it's definitely not, it, it isn't, and it doesn't have to be for everybody. Exactly. And the part, the collaboration part, I mean, until you start having a team, that collaboration part is just you and the client and that can get really lonely and have it when you're an employee, you have a whole team of people that you're able to um, rely on and have your back. You can go on vacation and Mm -hmm. tell them, Hey, can you finish my project for me? I mean, that is so valuable to, to have that. And so that's like, for me, I'm like, I love being an entrepreneur, but now like I want that collaboration aspect. So I want to like build my team to be able to have that. Now it feels really good. Yeah. That's actually, that's a good point. Yeah. It's like building the business so you can get back to that, like employee vibe where you can take time off. Cause like, I mean, you know, we came and visited you in Hawaii and I was working a lot of the time and I was taking calls out and doing that. And then Josh, my husband, he was an employee. And so he was just like off, like he'd do a couple emails here and there, but like you know, it is a different, and he got paid while he was there. Yeah. And he gets paid. You're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so yeah, it is just a, it's a different world, but you know, there is a lot of excitement to it. And what I love about it too, is that I can, uh, tailor the business how I want. So if like, I'm not enjoying the way that it's going in one aspect, I can switch gears or, do things like this and have it be part of the business and stuff. So that's an exciting part of it too. Yeah. I would, uh, I was in a leadership class. I'm, I'm beginning my, uh, MBA and just finishing up, but one of my classes was a leadership class and you have to rate your extrinsic and intrinsic motivations. And I realized one of my biggest extrinsic motivations is like power or control. And I'm like, Oh, I think that's most entrepreneurs because they want to control, you know, they want to control their, the way they work, when they work with all those different factors. And so when you kind of realize that you're like, Oh, that really makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. My controllingness is great. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The perfect place for it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I can't have you on and not talk a little bit about marketing. So, you know, um, I've had a couple of people tell me before, like, oh, you do great marketing for your business. Like, it, how did you know that and stuff? And to me, honestly, like my, I haven't really thought of everything I'm doing as marketing necessarily. I just have fun with it. So that's what's worked for me is having fun. I also love to design. So, you know, I'm always kind of designing and collaborating. I also like to teach. So it's like, all worked for me well in terms of turning that into marketing. But, you know, for anyone who's maybe starting a business or just starting to think, or maybe they have a business and they just, the marketing side isn't fun for them or isn't exciting. Do you have any tips that are, you know, either quick and easy or just any tips you would recommend? Yeah, no, that's great. And your marketing is, I'm always so impressed with your marketing. Like ever since you started your business, man, she 
Whenever you're done with architecture, you can come over and <laughs> Perfect. Know, marketing. I might need a job. <laughs> um, well, I think you hit on one really big point of, you know, making it fun because if you, if you're doing all of your own marketing, it can be very overwhelming. And so if you're trying to do everything, you're trying to have an email list, you're trying to have, you know, all these different um, social media channels, you're trying to do X, Y, Z, that can feel like a lot. And it, unless it's fun, um, you're going to fail by doing that. And so if it doesn't feel fun for you, can you find one channel or one type of marketing that does feel fun for you? So that could be, you know, writing, writing, if you really like to write, then like have a blog and just focus a lot of your energy on your blog and then distributing the blog blog can be all of your social media posts on like one or two of your social media channels. Right. Or if you don't mind getting in front of a camera, then like have a YouTube channel or have a TikTok and, uh, do those just like face-to-face videos. And you can just do that or have a podcast or one of those things. So that's kind of the biggest thing is like, try to find something that you don't hate doing, Mm -hmm. um, and focus on that one thing and making it really good. Um, some of the other things that I think, especially for small business owners, and I think you hear this a lot, but I have to reiterate is just really thinking about who your customers and your target audience is. I think people try to be in a lot of different places because they don't really know who their audience is and they want to hit everyone. But for example, like for social media channels, you know, are you, are you focused on maybe a younger demographic? Well, where's like a younger demographic going to go? Maybe that's going to be more on the TikTok era. If your, um, if your audience is like older, maybe it's more on Facebook. If your audience is more of a B2B, so you're not uh, selling directly to a customer, you're selling maybe to another business, then really focusing your efforts on LinkedIn. And so for like architecture, I know some of it is B2C, like yours is more like directly to a customer, but some may be more um, business to business. LinkedIn has actually been a huge platform that's really been growing their kind of content creator aspect. So you can do like LinkedIn lives and all of this stuff. So that's definitely one to look out for if you are more of a B2B business. I've heard LinkedIn is like the place to be right now. I mean, obviously not in if. TikTok is too, but like, again, like you're saying, like, depends on who your market is, but I've heard that even like posts, blog posts and stuff on LinkedIn, I haven't been, I haven't utilized it at all. So I don't really know anything about it, but I've heard that it can get really good traction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, again, it's like, if you're just really focusing on, you know, where you think your customers are going to be. And one way to, to, figure out where your customers are going to be is to freaking ask them because I feel like so many people are like scared to ask their customers questions or like pull just like their kind of people that may be type the type of customer that they're looking for. It's like, just have a conversation with them, like take them to coffee and like ask them some questions. Like, you know, why would you choose my service or, uh, or a service like mine or you know, where do you spend most of your time online? Do you have like an Instagram account? Do you have this? And it's totally okay to ask those questions and it's not weird and you get a ton of great information. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, don't be afraid to ask questions. It's part of like the whole process of finding out 
who your client is. And, and I, I think a big thing too is being okay with pivoting because I have personally tried out a lot of different things, which is where I found out what I like and what I don't like. I've also found out what clients I prefer to work with over other ones. And so even my like client avatar has changed and morphed a lot over the years. And some of that has, you know, when I first started out, I had this preconceived notion of what type of people hire architects. And over the years, I've realized that that's just kind of like a limiting belief that I had of like who that person is. And so I've morphed that even a little bit. Um, But even like I started out really wanting to do blogs. And so I would try, but I hate writing. I would, so I would never, ever do it. And so then I'm like, well, I like to talk. So maybe I'll do podcasts. Actually, first I said, let me do a YouTube. I did like one video. And then I'm like, well, I hate having to like look decent and like set up the camera and like do a whole thing. So I'm like, actually, let's just do podcasts. So I don't have to have my face on it. So then that actually started doing well and like getting, I mean, I enjoyed it. So I stuck with it, but then I was realizing that the YouTube, I keep saying the YouTube, it's like, I sound like an eight-year-old woman. (laughs) I I realized that YouTube, I was actually finding more of my audience there over the podcast. So like I would put out the same thing on both platforms and YouTube had a lot more traction. So then I'm like, okay, well, so I had to kind of figure out the best of both worlds. So then now I just like turn, but I also utilize one system for multiple different mediums so that I'm not having to re it's not like I do this and then re-record for the podcast. Well, do this, put it up on YouTube, then put it up on the podcast, then do like a very quick write-up on the blog, just because to, you know, SEO and just so it's there. But since I don't love writing, I don't spend a lot of time on that and then put it up on the blog. And then I can take little excerpts and put it on Instagram. So it's like utilizing one piece of something for multiple different channels. So you're not having to reinvent the wheel every single day. That's been really helpful too. That's pretty much the strategy of a lot of what you're talking about is like content marketing. It's all about like creating an educational or entertaining piece of like anchor content and then using that for your entire month or maybe your entire quarter. And you're just pulling little tidbits out from each of there. And that, that's what we do with all of our clients is like, we write a blog or we write, you know, have a video or something like that. And then all of the content comes from there and it's such a great way to do it. And it's like so efficient and it stays on theme and on brand and everything. So yeah, that's great. You figured it out. Yeah, but it's not easy doing it myself. Like, honestly, like my marketing side, and it's true that I love it, but like it is almost a full-time job. And so hiring someone who not only like gets it and knows the SEO and like can spend the time doing that is so beneficial. Cause like, even like I have so much content now out there, but I, I utilize like a fraction of it. Like I could have Instagram posts for every day of, but I don't have time to, to do that. So yeah, that's why I think companies like yours are so beneficial because it can do all this work that will, all this stuff has led me to, I now, I used to only have jobs from word of mouth or like referrals, but now 
I work with clients who have found me on Google, like just Google search or found me through YouTube because they watched one of my videos and they feel like they have a rapport with me now because I've like talked and they've learned something. So there's so much value in that sort of marketing, that hiring a marketing company to make that easy for you makes so much sense. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard to do the implementation of actually executing on the marketing and then also having like that high level strategy brain as well. And so kind of having, having someone to at least take on like some of those roles for you or, and push you a little bit further of like, well, mm-hmm. is this the right channel for you? Is this the right type of content? Like, how can yeah. we, you know, how can we improve and constantly transition? And I, you said it right there, like there is no silver bullet to marketing. Like you tried a bunch of different things and figured out what works for you. And I think a lot of, in the beginning, a lot of clients would come to us and be like, you know, why is it working? Or, you know, thinking that there's something that's just going to like automatically turn on and then you're going to get a bunch of leads and all of this traction and X, Y, Z. And that's just not true. (laughs) And so it's about consistency and it's about testing out the different things that you do, analyzing those metrics and then trying again. And then you keep iterating on it. And uh, I think that the quicker people learn that, the more willing they're going to be to put things out there, test it out where it's not, it doesn't feel like I have to create this one thing that is going to work for me until the end of time. Yeah. And also that's why it is important, like you say, to be consistent because the first video I put out was two years ago. And if, you know, I, and like you said, to have fun with it too, because if I didn't enjoy it I, and you would have told, told me at that point, okay, you won't really start getting much results from this for about a year and a half, maybe two years. I would have been like, yeah, right. If I didn't enjoy it, what's the point? There's so many, so many hours and time and energy goes into this. Like there's no point in that, but because I liked it because I stayed consistent, I didn't give up with it. Now it's starting to actually like have some kickback to it, which I'm like, okay, this is nice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think another part of it too, is even when you have people that are your word of mouth, right? They're still going to go to your website. They're still going to go to your social media channels and maybe look at your YouTube and all those things. And they're not completely decided just because they got a referral. They want to look and make sure that you're professional, you're trusted, and you know what you're talking about. And the more that you can make those things look uh, really beautiful and make you look like you know what you're doing and all of those different things, then that's going to actually convert those leads into your clients. Totally. And I, I noticed too, that just a website, cause everybody has a website these days, like just a website without anything, like without either a blog or a link to an Instagram or just something else it's just doesn't feel personal. So you don't like, even if you have a photo with an about me, it just like, there's not that human touch to it. And I think people want to work with people these days, not necessarily just businesses. So if there is a way to even, even if it's like you like just a blog on there that just shows what are the latest trends or anything like that, just shows that, Hey, there's people actively working in this company and they can just get a little bit of a, a vibe of who you are as a person. I think that's really important too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, one more tip I have just because I have to say this as like a branding uh, agency is I think one of the other really good points or things to think about as a business owner is there's two parts of branding. I think most people don't really realize this, but one is the visual part of like your actual logo, the design of it, how beautiful it looks, it's consistent, all of that. The other part of branding is your actual story, your brand story. And I'd argue that the story is actually more important than your visual because without having that really, uh, the meat to it of like why you exist and what you do, uh, your customers aren't really going to connect with you just on the visual side. And so I really encourage people that are starting their business to kind of think in journal and just kind of think about, you know, what is your vision and your mission for the company? Like your story needs to be emotive in some way. You can't just talk about your services. And so what change do you wish to see in the world through your business? Like if all was said and done and your business was successful, what change would you see in the world? And then take that and put that and infuse that as a main core piece of, you know, the things that you write, your marketing materials, and even the way that you, you know, present your elevator pitch to people, because that, that's what really connects them to you is your kind of broader vision. And like for brilliant marketing, for us, it's all about, you know, purpose-led brands that are reimagining the world. They're reimagining some part of the, of how we do business, you know, social aspects, environmental aspects. And we want to align ourselves with those business and help them achieve that vision. And so that not only is good for your client, bring your clients in, but also for your team to get on the same page and have this like really clear vision together. I love that because it's so much deeper than just like a mission statement. It's like your end all all goal. And then it creates that human quality to it. That's so important. I love that. Yeah. And kind of like hopefully gives you purpose too uh, around maybe just the money part of it or just the prestige or, you know, the design part. It gives you a little bit deeper purpose, which is really good. Yeah. Love it. Okay. When you're not marketing and running a business, what do you enjoy to do? Oh man. Well, I feel like the past two years I've had no free time. I've just been (laughs) in school on the computer, but, um, my husband and I really like to free dive. And so it's kind of like, you know, a deeper level of snorkeling or like spear fishing, but yeah, we like to, uh, go down, swim in the ocean, then go down and kind of get deep. Recently, this past weekend, we took a like a advanced level free diving course and I went down to uh, almost like 150 feet. So it was pretty oh crazy. Free diving? Free diving. Yep. So oh no, no air, just the area that you take on the surface. That's nuts. You're not pretty cool, <laughs> but I also love to hike. We, we, uh, we still go to Alaska in the summer and love to hike and just be outdoors. So I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Michaela. Where can people find you? Cause I want people to reach out. And if anyone has marketing questions, they can, you know, see what you're up to and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so we're on Instagram at brilliant.marketing. And then uh, you can go to our website at hellobrilliantmarketing.com. And yeah, always feel free to, you know, shoot us, shoot us a DM or uh, 
yeah, to ask any questions. We're, we're pretty open and we love to share free content with people and tips and tricks and all those fun things. Yeah. You guys do really great lives, which I enjoy. I like popping in there, seeing you guys. It's nice. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> well, I'll link all that below. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your. Well, so good to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> all, all right. Thanks, Michaela. Bye. Thank you everyone for sticking with us until the end. I told you it would be an amazing episode. Michaela is just a really wonderful spirit and she has lots of great knowledge to share with us. I'm definitely inspired. I want to go create some SOPs and <laughs> figure some templates out to make my life easier. Um, maybe we need to put together some of those and so that we can give those to you guys as well. So don't forget to hit that link in the description so that you can get access to your free marketing guideline. And um, yeah, I hope you have a beautiful day. Talk to you soon.